Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, and a very warm welcome to you all here in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, a special welcome to any who are new among us. You're especially, especially welcome. We follow the morning service with refreshments through those doors and in the, uh, the main hall. Uh, please uh, do join us for those. And also, um, we are broadcasting this service, so welcome to those that are joining us presently online or who will be watching later on. Uh, it's good to be able to uh, gather together and worship the Lord in, the, in these ways. Uh, today is a service uh, where we're going to be celebrating communion together, gathering around the Lord's table. And we're also welcoming into membership uh, some uh, individuals, so Michael Discombe, Hilary Smith, Don and Val Stewart. Um, uh, so that's a great occasion. We would also have been uh, welcoming Anne Muggeridge, uh, but she's not able to be with us this morning, so uh, she, she will be welcomed on a, on a later occasion. Uh, just a couple of uh, notices. Please do note your notice sheet if you get a paper one of those. There are large prints available. Um, if you want to be informed about what goes on in the life of the church in the, in the next week or so, then uh, do look online. Um, also, um, uh, sign up for the emails uh, that come through electronic copies of bulletins so you can be well informed. Um, just a couple of uh, uh, notices to highlight. Um, Keith Johnson's going to come up uh, now and uh, share a bit about Samaritan's Purse. But also this evening um, is our service uh, entitled Space. And it's just giving space to welcome uh, the, the Holy Spirit to move among us. So this evening's space service is at 7 o'clock. That's correct, isn't it? <laughs> 7 o'clock, yeah. Keith, please use the, please use the microphone. Oh, I've got one. Oh, you got one. Great. Well, if you see me in the bulletin, uh, and as you come into the church, uh, hopefully you won't have been able to miss that it's our annual binge, if you like, for uh, Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas Child, uh, where we make up shoeboxes to send out to children abroad. This year, we're hoping that maybe about 150,000, 160,000 shoeboxes will go out to the children in uh, Ukraine or as refugees in the countries next door, Moldova or um, oh dear, Romania. And that's a very big number, isn't it? 150,000, and we hope we'll make it. That, that will be wonderful for those children. But just think of an individual box, if you would. Because each box, um, hopefully you can make up a box or you can donate a box online if that's what you like to do, or if you don't you can do that, you could actually make a donation to the transport costs, but each box as it goes out will go to an individual child and it will give that child great joy in the midst of their problems in Ukraine at the moment. Imagine what a child will, will, will feel like when they can open a box and they can take out all the gifts which somebody has given to them in love. It's our love in God's name going out to those children. And please pray for those children as they receive the boxes because it's an opportunity not just to give them joy and love as they open them and, and are surprised at the gifts inside, but it's also an opportunity for them to learn of the love of God through Christ Jesus. Uh, so please be generous this year. 
as you were last year, 75 boxes went out from the church as well as those made online. I do remember the children, their needs, and the joy that you can give them in Jesus' name. And please pray for the children that will receive the boxes, that they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. Just to say there is a leaflet there that will actually tell you the kind of things that are welcomed and those that are not to be included uh, in the box. Um, it's a great thing to do with children as well. We've done that in the past for a, a similar charity and to actually encourage the children or grandchildren to participate in that's a real joy and then to show them where those boxes go by going online and having a look um, at that. As our call to worship this morning, some words from Psalm 11. I'd like us to read these words together. The Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. Let us pray. Our Lord, we want to see your face. We want to experience you, your favour, your closeness, your goodness. And so we pray as we gather in this way, uh, we ask that you would be present here in power with us, touching and transforming our lives. And we ask that you may move among us and draw us close to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's begin by singing and uh, singing our determination, I will worship.
words on the screen are like us to declare together from Psalm 106. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord, or fully declare his praise? Blessed are those who act justly, who always do what is right. We continue to sing, the Lord is marching out in splendour. seats for a moment and uh, let's continue in prayer. We want to indeed praise and thank you that you are victorious and you are mighty and that you are gracious, kind and compassionate. You know everything about us, you know our lives, every detail, every big thing that is confronting us, every little thing. Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you are a God who not only is mighty and powerful, but you are a God who cares and who knows. And so as we gather here today, we ask that you would bring about your goodness and your greatness in and through our lives at the outset. We give to you all that we are, all that we do, all that we face, and ask that you would meet with us, and that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to sing our next song, and during this, the... uh, uh, Children and young people are going into crash and uh, BRBK. So let's pray for them now just as uh, before we begin to sing. Our Father, we want to thank you for the children and young people among us. We thank you for the blessing that they are. 
We thank you for their families. We pray for your continued blessing to be upon them, that you would watch over them, that you would lead them in your ways. We pray that you would be with their teachers, their helpers, their leaders, and speak through them and lead them each uh, to encounter you and experience you in, uh, in wonderful ways. So Lord, we pray bless them and may you, uh, may you be at work in our nation uh, speaking into the lives of young people and children, uh, declaring your goodness and your grace to them. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's sing together, uh, show your power, O Lord, and during the singing of this song, uh, they're gonna, uh, big, uh, the children and young people are going to go into their, their own groups together. Now, many of us know and support um, Horsham Matters and their work uh, in Horsham and uh, in, the, in, in the district. And uh, I'd like to, uh, for us to see a short video that they've made uh, in anticipation of this weekend, weekend where there is a special focus um, on uh, working to uh, meet those needs that arise from, from poverty. So many of you will know what Horsham Matters is about uh, but I hope that this video will um, either uh, just consolidate that um, or give uh, those, uh, fill in the gaps or tell those who don't yet know what Horsham Matters uh, is to g give them a, a good overview of that. Thank you. This presentation is going to focus on the work of our food bank. We run a network of Trussell Trust food banks across the district. We are branded Trussell Trust as it is essentially a kite mark of provision. And we also work with them at a national level to end the need for food banks. You may wonder how we receive our food donations. 
You may have seen the food donation points in supermarkets where customers can donate. This food is collected weekly by our team and delivered to our food bank warehouse. We then have a team of amazing volunteers who sort through the food, check dates and put it into categories. We also receive food from churches, companies, groups and individuals and they may drop their donation to us directly. We offer support to every resident needing food. There is no stereotypical group attending our food banks. The cost of living is affecting every type of demographic. Recently, we had a pensioner come along for the first time. His wife was at home and his son had had to move back in with them. He had just four pounds to last him 10 days. We have those that are working but just cannot make ends meet. Our client recently described it perfectly as saying he had too much month for his pay packet. There are those with disabilities, those fleeing domestic abuse and those being made redundant, those with unexpected bills. Essentially, it could be any one of us needing food bank support. I've then started using the food bank quite recently. I am employed, but my wages just don't keep up with the cost of living. Since all the increases to my monthly bills, I've been feeling really worried about managing my finances. I mean, it was hard enough before. The thing with my job is I only earn a little over minimum wage and there's always something extra to pay for every month, like school shoes. So I turn to Horsham Matters I was referred to Horsham Matters at the most difficult time of my life. My business had gone into liquidation and my personal finances were dire. I had no money and no source of income. Thank you. So, I mean, that gives you a glimpse of one aspect, uh, mainly, of uh, what Horsham Matters gets up to. Uh, you can find out more via their website. If you couldn't hear some of those things very clearly, you can see that video again, I think, via their website. It may be that you have or will have cause to uh, draw upon uh, the food bank, either here or those watching online. And uh, I would encourage you to do so and to, to maybe talk together with them uh, to find out ways that they, they, that they can help further. And certainly we uh, are able to help here. Uh, there's always opportunity to give towards the food bank. There's a, a box uh, in the street there in the uh, corridor there. Uh, please make use of that. Or you can give financially if you're in a position to do so. But please continue to pray for the work of Horsham Matters and for other food banks uh, that are run by other organisations up and down uh, the country. Let's pray. Our Father, we want to thank you for the provision of help in our town in this uh, way and in other ways. We thank you, Father, for the provision of help for those who volunteer their time, their efforts, their expertise to help others. Father, we pray for your blessing upon this work, 
that though we would not wish for food banks to continue, we see that presently they are greatly needed. And so we pray for wisdom and help uh, for those uh, who are running and resourcing those food banks and other, other ways of helping individuals. We pray for ourselves as well and those who we live amongst. Lord, we ourselves may have needs presently or needs to come as difficult times may increase. We pray for um, our eyes to fix upon you, to look to you, to help us. But we know that help comes so often through individual people. And so we pray that we too may be those who offer help to others, who see that need and are able to meet its all or meet some of it. Help us not to hold back from doing the right thing that you call us to do. We also acknowledge that there are other needs um, that we have. There are those who are not well, those who are caring for them, those who are grieving, and other situations that we face. And so, Lord, we come before you and we ask that you would be ministering to each need that we have and that others have that are in our hearts and minds at this time. Minister to each one, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you may also use us to minister help and comfort, listening ear, to come alongside those who are not well, those that are finding things difficult, those that are grieving, the loss of a loved one, and other needs that we have. We thank you that you call us to love you and to love one another. Help us to find those uh, practical ways of loving each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We continue by singing and in effect praying. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus and we remember, we uh, realise that Jesus himself says about those who have needs, that when we are serving them, we are, when we are ministering to them, we are ministering to him. So as we sing, as we pray, open our eyes, Lord, we want to see Jesus Sometimes that's opening our eyes to the needs of those around us immediately or around us in the world to see Jesus and to serve him in them. So let's sing together. Thank you.
seats. And we pray, Lord, as we hear your word, we pray, speak to us. Help us to hear what you have to say. Speak into our hearts, our minds. Challenge and change us. We ask, bring about your purposes and your plans in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to hear from Luke chapter 18, and uh, it may be a familiar story to you, a parable that Jesus told. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I'm going to start my message at the end, at the end of this parable. Jesus concludes with these words. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's an interesting and challenging question. Jesus' parable teaches us, let's say, two main things about prayer. Firstly, we should always pray. The Greek word here means at all times, or at each and every time. In other words, Jesus is saying that there is never a time or a situation that does not warrant prayer. Prayer should be our first resort, not left as our last resort. Secondly, Jesus teaches that his disciples should never give up. Again, the Greek phrase here means not lose heart or not grow faint or weary. Uh, and in this context, in prayer. In other words, to persevere in prayer. 
Always pray. Never give up. And in this parable, Jesus couches prayer in the context of injustice. A person facing an injustice and seeking a remedy. The righting of wrong. Here we have the wronged widow. And she has nowhere else to go, it seems. No one else to go to. Worse than this, she is only, as Jesus describes him, an unjust judge. That is to plead her case to. So what hope does she have for justice? And that's what she asked for. Grant me justice against my adversary. She goes straight to the point. See, prayer here is pictured as a seeking justice from the midst of injustice. Seeking a favourable resolution faced with an adversary creating an adverse situation. Now, of course, when we hear the the word adversary, we perhaps think of the primary adversary that that the Christian has, who is Satan, the devil. We, We know that he steals, kills, and destroys. He uh, in fact, throughout the scriptures, we, we uh, hear about injustice. And uh, we can think in terms of our enemy, that the devil plots and devises with injustice. He sows and builds with injustice. But here, Jesus teaches that whatever situation we find ourselves in, we should pray. We turn to prayer as our first and lasting resort. Perhaps our only resort in some cases. And we never give up. We should persist, persevere, prod, poke, provoke in prayer till we receive. So what about Jesus' question that he poses? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Well, the Apostle James writes this about faith. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, well, you have faith. And I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You see, faith is not invisible. We make faith visible by what we do. And James writes those words in the context of meeting one another's physical needs. In the verses just before, he he writes this. Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, 
go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? See, James uses the meeting of another person's physical needs, ensuring that they have clothes to keep them warm and they have daily food to picture a person's faith in Christ put into action. Faith without action is dead faith, useless faith, worthless faith. See, faith is not about feelings or words, empty words. Faith is enacted. Faith is, we could say, a doing word. So will Jesus, who is the Son of Man, find faith on earth? Fleshed out faith. Faith that works. Faith that is visible through action. Will Jesus, and he speaks to his disciples here, this parable, will Jesus find his followers full of faith? Let's, let's put it this way. Will Jesus' disciples always pray and never give up? Will we be those who cry out to God day and night, faced with injustice, faced with adversity. But let's also put it another way. Will Jesus' disciples be those who are an answer to the prayer of faith by being a people of faith, being those who meet the needs presented by injustice and adversity. Be those who enact our faith, who show our faith by what we do in response to the cry. Do we hear the cry of the widow, the vulnerable, the needy? Grant me justice against my adversary. Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Will not God use you and me? Our faith enacted, our faith fleshed out to bring justice for others. Will he find faith in us? Will God keep putting them off? No, God will not keep putting them off. But will we keep putting them off? Don't bother me. Oh, okay. I'll pray for you. God, grant them peace. God, keep them warm. God, feed them well. And that's all we do. 
Will he find faith without actions? Let us be those through whom justice comes. Let us not be those who add to the injustice in our world through our inaction, through our lack of enacted faith. You see, Jesus comforts those who cry out for justice with this truth. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. And I suggest that with those very same words, he warns those who add to the injustice because they were not willing to lift the finger of faith. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Let us pray. Our God, search our hearts, we pray. We want to see Jesus. We want to be more like Jesus. Help us to be those who have faith, who live out faith in him who when confronted with injustice, near or far, responds to your call upon our lives to meet those needs or to help meet those needs. To not walk by on the other side, not wanting to get involved, thinking someone else will do it, have mercy, we pray upon us, to consider carefully every aspect of our lives, the way in which we live our daily lives, this one life we get, and the short time we get. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to, in a moment, be welcoming folk into membership. Let us sing together. Ascribe greatness. Oh 
So as we uh, gather together as church today, we welcome into church membership these uh, individuals, Michael Diskin, Hilary Smith, and Don and Val Stewart. Uh, they've recently applied uh, for and been accepted for church membership at the church members' meeting. They'll be entering into a covenant, uh, and we will, with them, to share with each other in committing ourselves to serve Christ within the church and beyond, working alongside one another in his service in this world, sharing the good news about Jesus, making disciples to the glory of God and encouraging one another in the love of God. It's a privilege to be uh, a member of the church and uh, you may know this off by heart, but our church's governing document reminds us how membership uh, also carries responsibilities. And I read, which normally include attending worship and participating in church activities, personal prayer and Bible study, participation at the communion of the Lord's Supper, considering it a privilege and a priority, helping the church wherever possible by using gifts and abilities to advance the purpose of the church through its activities, attending and participating in church members' meetings, giving regular financial support to the church in proportion to personal resources and circumstances, and upholding Christian values. So I'm going to invite uh, Michael, Hilary, Don and Val to come forwards. If you'd like to all come forwards now. And I'm going to give them opportunity to share um, a very brief uh, testimony. Come and uh, take your seats along here on the, the thrones up the front. That's great. Uh, Michael, I'm going to uh, ask you to speak first. Um, and sharing briefly uh, their testimony of, of their faith. Of course, uh, when people are welcomed uh, in, into membership uh, without having, uh, at that moment, gone through to uh, gone through uh, believers' baptism, here is an opportunity. Uh, I mean, all of these have, but all of at this opportunity, uh, I wanted to give um, a chance to, you know, say say something of your faith to to the group gathered here. Okay, thanks, Michael. Keep it short. <laughs> Michael, use your use your um, use the mic here. Thank you, Michael. Well, to start off with, we talk about the difference of a covenant and a promise. And what I'd like to say is a covenant is unbreakable. And God makes covenants with us which are unconditional and are permanent. God makes promises which are conditional. And if we go through the Bible, we see the difference between the two. God made a covenant with me in 1956 not a promise. And that covenant was that if your mother and father forsake you in Psalm 27, I shall take you up. I made a promise to God in 1981 with baptism. Before that, I was Sunni Muslim. I was brought up Sunni Muslim despite God having a covenant with me. And in 1979, I had a, came to a crossroads of whether I went to Afghanistan and joined the Mujahideen 
and then possibly travelled on to Taliban, and then maybe Al-Qaeda. So I was not a good Muslim, but a bad one. When I came to faith, I came to faith through the Holy Spirit, not through individuals. And I made that commitment through the Holy Spirit and went to Believer's Baptism. I'd been privileged since 19, December 81 that I'd been able to share the gospel in Jerusalem and to Akaroa. Akaroa is as far as you can get from Jerusalem, according to my friends. It's in New Zealand. And God has taken me across the world. I have seen in the last decade war, hurricanes and earthquakes. I've seen the glory of God in each. I've seen miracles in each. I've seen the miracles in war. I've seen the miracles in peace. I've seen the miracles in earthquakes. And I've seen the miracles of God in stillness. I've seen the miracles of God in hurricanes. And I've seen the miracle of God in the stillness. But God has never ever left me. And the covenant he made in 1956 was an unbreakable covenant. He's led me through some difficult times. I've learned to be content in much and content in little, according to my friend Paul. I've also learned he is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Jim Elliot. And I serve God in many difficult places. But it's been a privilege, fun and a joy. And God, of course, gave me my great sense of humour. <laughs> so, thank, uh, thank you and welcome. Bless you. Thank you, Michael. And you're still my friend. It was very concise. Thank you. Bless you. <laughs> I share his humour. Um, Hilary, thank you. Well, I was dedicated here at Brighton Road uh, Church in the old church that was on this site and I came to faith here and I was baptised at the age of 14 and rather frighteningly that's nearly 50 years ago. I'm not quite sure where those years have disappeared, do you? And when I was here I was able to serve on the pastoral visitors team and also within a, an evangelism group. But I then left in 1998 to join the church plant that had uh, gone from here, Life Community Baptist Church, and I served on the leadership team there for 18 years. Now my baptismal hymn was Great is Thy Faithfulness, and it's one of my favourite hymns. And in these intervening years, I have known and I have witnessed God's faithfulness in so many different ways. And now, in this new season for me, it's lovely to be back amongst familiar faces. I won't say old faces, familiar faces. And I look forward to continuing my journey of faith with you, back here where it all started and encountering more of God's faithfulness as we commit to serve him together. Thank you, Hilary.
And Don, would you like to come up now, please? My testimony. Praise God. Um, Psalm 116 says, I love the Lord because he's heard my cry, and because of that I will call on him as long as I live. Originally, I come from North London, Hertfordshire. Um, I was brought up in a non-Christian home, and um, I never went to church or Sunday school. But at the age of 18... I heard the gospel for the first time and I received Jesus into my heart and life. A few weeks after that, I joined the Royal Air Force for five years and I found it very hard being a young Christian in those early days in the forces. But um, I came across a group of young Christians who were full of the Spirit and loved the Lord Jesus, and they took me under his wing, under their wing, and um, they, we, we uh, studied the Bible together and prayed, and slowly I began to grow in my faith, and I, I'm so grateful for meeting them. Just before I was demobbed, a chaplain spoke to me and said, Don, uh, you're going out to the big wide world now, so don't become a spiritual gypsy. That is to just go from place to place and um, if there's a church, go in to the service. What he meant was to go home and join a church and that's what I did. I went home, I was baptised, I joined the church and um, that's what I've been doing most of my life because I got a job up in um, London at St Thomas's Hospital and I worked there for 40 years but in those early days, I had to leave home, go into digs in London, and I moved around a bit in London, and eventually came to Croydon, and there in the Baptist church there, I met my wife, Val, and um, we were married in 1968. We got two daughters, and uh, we served in that church for over 40 years. Um, on the diaconate and in eldership. Um, in 2009, we came to Horsham and uh, we came to Brighton Road. We first of all um, went to Life Community Baptist Church where we met Julie and Hilary and others and uh, that was a great help to us. And then we came, um, started coming to Brighton Road Baptist Church um, late last year and we found such a warmth among you and we've made so many <coughs> friends among you and you've been a help to us to settle down here and we believe that we're all, all my life God's uh, faithfulness his grace and mercy have been upon my life and I want to bring some of that blessing to you as I come into membership with you today Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> <laughs> it would be empty immediately. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm worse. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to know how to condense decades of um, Christian life into just a couple of minutes, but I'll try. 
Um, the Lord first planted a seed in my life when I was eight years old. Um, I lost my father. He died when I was five. Uh, my mum was a widow bringing up two children. Life was hard. Uh, we were about to move house. Um, I had a friend at school who, whose parents were pastors of a Pentecostal church. I was invited, just before we moved, I was invited to attend the Sunday school. I think it was only one occasion. It may have been twice, but I think it was only one occasion. But they were faithful. They gave me a Bible. They taught me the words of John 3.16. On this one occasion, um, you know, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, you know, if we believe in him, we will have everlasting life. I was taught that. And I was given an egg, a newly laid egg. And I don't think I've, it's only in recent years I've appreciated that that was symbolic of new life. I think at the age of eight, I probably didn't quite grasp that. But, but never despise the day of small things, because that was a seed that didn't come to fruition at that time, but did later on. But I did on the top of a 166 bus coming from my grandparents' house in Woodmanstern to Croydon, um, I, I made a decision to follow Jesus. Um, I, I said to myself in my head, I'm not going to tell anyone, because obviously they'd said tell someone. I said, no, I'm not going to tell anyone, but I made that decision. And that was just on that one occasion, so never despise the day of small things. Um, it, that seed lay dormant until I was 20, 21 years old when the Lord orchestrated circumstances, moved again, um, came to um, Croydon, um, was invited to attend uh, a special service at Woodside Baptist Church. I went along with a, a school friend of mine who we kept in touch. She wasn't a Christian and, and at that time I wasn't had no teaching, no real walk with the Lord. We went to um, the church, this service, and I knew there was something different. And uh, it was a, a, a Bible-believing church. There was a strong, spirit-filled youth group there. And I was challenged to commit my life to the Lord or recommit whatever was going on, which I did, and I was baptized by immersion. And that church, as Don's already intimated, that became our spiritual home for over 40 years. Um, until we met and married and raised a family there, served in various capacities and were served. It was a, it's a two-way thing. Um, in 2000, the end of 2008, we moved to Horsham um, because I was retiring and going to look after uh, our granddaughter while her parents worked. Um, we came to Horsham. Um, we went to Life Community Baptist Church. We were blessed there. Um, over a number of years, but as Donna said, in the last handful of years, we felt a drawing to, um, to Brighton Road. And again, this is the Lord sort of just orchestrating things. Um, he knows the plans he has for us. I know that was spoken to Jeremiah, but all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. Um, he knows the plans he has for us, and we believe this is part of his plan for us. And I would echo, um, as we came in, the, the music group was singing, all my life you have been faithful. I would echo that. Uh, never once have we been left alone. There have been mountaintops, there have been deep valleys. Never once has God left us alone. He's always been faithful. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to be able to um, hear um, their stories. Many here will have similar stories of how you yourselves have encountered and uh, come to Christ Jesus. It may be that there are some here who have not yet 
um, given their lives to Jesus, I would encourage you uh, to do so. And um, to, if you want to know more, then uh, you can speak to me after the service or these good folk as well. Um, and we actually run a, an alpha course, which uh, helps us to find out a bit more about what it means to uh, believe and follow Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to stand up um, and uh, I'm going to ask you to um, respond uh, to a, a few questions. Uh, so I'm going to ask you to publicly uh, declare your faith in God and to commit yourself to serve Christ as part of this local Baptist church and with the help of the Holy Spirit uh, promising to seek to fulfil your ministry in the body of Christ. So, uh, sorry, one minute. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Michael, Hilary, Don and Val, do you declare your faith in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, having found new life in him? I do. Lovely. And do you believe God has called you to serve Christ as part of this local Baptist church? And do you commit yourself to love and serve the Lord within this church community and in the world, being filled with the Holy Spirit to fulfil your ministry in the body of Christ? Now I'm going to ask uh, if those who are members, only those who are members of Brighton Road Baptist Church to stand at this point. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions to which I'd love you to respond, we do. Do you, members of Brighton Road Baptist Church, welcome Michael, Hilary, Don and Val into the family of God in this local expression of church? We do. And do you promise to love, encourage, strengthen, guide, pray for help to disciple and care for them as equal partners in the body of Christ. And then I'll ask the whole congregation to stand, if you're able. And so I offer the right hand of fellowship to you, and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord welcome you, the Lord's face shine upon you, and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up the countenance, uh, his countenance upon you. And may the Lord give you his peace. Praise God. Amen. Bless you. Thank you. Please take a seat and we'll continue in prayer. Uh, just praying for them. Lord God, we praise you for the ways that you guide our lives. We thank you that with you there is purpose and freedom. Thank you for the way that you are working in Michael, Hilary, Don and Val and for the way in which you have spoken to them by your spirit and drawn them here to be with us. We thank you for their love for you we thank you for their families. We ask for your blessing to be upon them also. We ask that you will enable Michael, Hilary, 
Don and Val, in their active membership of your church, to continue to grow and mature and be effective disciples of our Lord Jesus, causing them to be fruitful in service. And help us as a fellowship, as we seek to love and care and nurture them. May you guide us forward together as your body, as we listen to your voice and seek to grow. And may your blessing be upon us and through us in our community and wider world. We ask all these things in the name of our Saviour, the Head of your Church, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we welcome these members as we gather around the Lord's table and we sing together as we are gathered. And we're going to share in that simple meal together. seats. We come to this table not because we must but because we may. Not because we are strong but because we are weak. We come not because any goodness of our own gives us a right to come but because we need mercy and help. We come because we love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. We come because he loved us and gave himself for us. And we come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. Jesus said, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If any hear my voice and open the door, I will come into the house and eat with them and they with me. Let us pray. Lord, we come to your table, trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. We acknowledge we're not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy, and on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. And the Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper and he says the tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest the Lord Jesus took bread 
and after giving thanks, God, uh, giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is a new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. So Father, we want to thank you for these, this simple meal. Thank you for uh, bread and for the cup and how they speak to us of Christ's body given for us, his blood poured out for us. Around this table we ask that you would meet with us and that you would again glorify your name in and through our lives. In his name we pray. Amen. So Jesus, after he'd given thanks, he took the bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in memory of me. The bread is going to be passed round, uh, but as you receive it, please hold on to it and we will eat together, symbolising our oneness in Christ. You may be used just to uh, eating it straight away, but just hold on to it. doesn't matter if you forget, that's fine. Uh, but just hold on to it and we'll eat it together. Thank you. When we break the bread, is it not a means of sharing in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf. We, though many, are one body, for it is one loaf of which we all partake. We give thanks to God.
How can I repay the Lord for all his benefits to me? I shall lift up the cup of salvation and call on the Lord by name. I shall pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Again, as you take a cup, keep hold of it and we will drink together. We drink and we remember that Christ's blood was shed for us and we give him thanks. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your son Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our very lives to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work lives of faith to your praise and glory. Amen. We sing together God of Justice as we close. <coughs> Thank you. 
say the words of the grace to one another but before we do so if you would like prayer for yourself or someone that you know a, a member of the prayer team will be available at the front after the service please come forward and share simply your your need and they will stand with you before God and pray briefly or uh, either quietly or silently so if you'd like prayer in that way and if you would like to um, give your life to the Lord because you haven't yet done so uh, please either speak to that person there at the, uh, as they're praying or to myself or Tim and uh, we'll be able to kind of help, help you in that. Uh, so uh, don't, don't go away from this place. Having heard God's voice and doing nothing about it, we go from this place. Having heard him, we trust and putting into action what we have heard. So let's say the words of the grace to one another. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.